Welcome to Live from the Backseat. It's your girl, Simone. Today, I'm really excited about this episode. Um, I have a super awesome guest with us, uh, Jaleesa, right? Did I say it right? Yeah. There we go. Great. I was like, I don't want to butcher it. Um, Jaleesa's wonderful. I met her at this uh, event like a month or two ago um, uh, for Black Girls Things and Good Vibes Tribe, and it was about mental health, and it was just a really amazing afternoon. Um, but I really loved a lot of uh, what Jaleesa shared, um, and I really wanted to bring that to you guys um, so you guys could also kind of get in on that and really didn't come to the event, which you guys should have, but it's fine. Um, yeah, so um, she's a woman empowerment coach and a mental health advocate, and here she is. How are you doing today? Great. I'm so excited about being on your podcast. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is wonderful. Um, I really just wanted to, well, one thing that when we met that really, like, stood out to me was your work. Um, you had mentioned that you work with coaching women and children, even, um, who are kind of in toxic situations, family situations, relationships, things of that nature, and, um, I really wanted to, like, talk about, like, how you got into that, and also just, like, what, like, talk about what, like, what's that about, because I think that's really amazing and I've never at least in my experience like heard of anybody who does that um who really like actually like sits with the people and works with them like in their home and in their space and relationships yes so um career-wise I'm currently an in-home counselor so I work with children that are at risk of being placed out of the home. So Mm -hmm. they have physical health issues. And so, like, I see firsthand, like, um, behaviors that are exhibited in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, I first started, I actually was working in the school setting, but now I get to see the in-home setting. Um, So career-wise, that's what I do. now, and I also do women empowerment coaching, and I speak um, to women that um, struggle with loving themselves. Um, mm-hmm. We get into relationships, and we um, get too comfortable, and we just put up with things. We settle when mm-hmm. we don't have to. Um, because we, like for myself, I was afraid of starting over. I was afraid of being alone. Um, so um, it's kind of sort of all. Both of them play one and one and one into another because when mm-hmm. the home is children, um, their environment plays um, a huge role right. in the behaviors that are going on. So a lot of these environments um, are not healthy, and it's hard. It's hard. I, I can say like the hardest part of my job is leaving the ha- leaving the home and just knowing that the child is nothing's going to change. Not because the child doesn't want to change, but because the parent doesn't really see how their environment is yeah. They're not ready to make that change. So what what usually happens is the child is going to grow up, and they're not going to really get the help they need because you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick. So um. the child is to grow, continuing to live in this environment, and that goes to outpatient therapy. But if they're going back into this environment, there's only so much, so much that's going to change. Yeah. So they're still, they're still being, um, they're still getting sick in that environment. So they end up growing up and usually have having childhood trauma and not really knowing what's going on with them. They get in these relationships and things start happening. Stuff starts. You know, they're trying to feel like um, there's something wrong with them. And it's really not them. It's just things that they went through as a child that never, that they either suppressed and was never, never addressed. Mm-hmm. And so starting to, um, these things are starting to come up in their relationships. So um, either that or they just settle. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the biggest, that's the biggest part that I'm seeing a lot in the, in the, in the, the home itself. Um, yeah. And like I said, most of my children, um, I have worked with adults as well in the past 
and mental health. What, like, um, just cause, to touch on the children, because I'm, I'm a mom, so I'm, like, interested always in... You're a mom also. I, I just I was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> they are moms. That's lit. Um, like, what do you see, like, what are what are some of the behavioral, like, outbursts or, like, patterns that you do see from kids who come from homes where there's, like, a, a strenuous or toxic relationship between the two adults in the home? So, um, I've seen everything from being defiant, um, being, um, having meltdowns and the parents trying to figure out, or parents use the word bad. This is, that's a word that really, I really don't, I really don't. I hate that word, yeah. I don't like that word at all. And I try to educate my parents on, um, other words that we can use, um, besides bad, because I have this client that, like, that's how he identifies. He said, because I'm bad. Or, you know, and I'm yeah. not bad. This, the choices that you make aren't good choices. Um, so I try to explain that to the parents. But a lot of defiance. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not so much as them wanting to be defined, if that makes sense. It's more of them, their parents are making these, um, they're giving these expectations to them that they can't meet. And it's not because they just refuse to do it. It's, they're not able to do it. They're not at that level of function. When you're at, at that level of function, when you have a mental health disorder like um, severe depression or um, severe anxiety, um, ODD, and all these types of things, you have there. There's certain there's certain there's certain things that you have to. There's a way you have to do stuff. Um, do stuff. Yeah. Um, you can't like make the make demands, especially with a child with ODD. What is that? Demands with nowhere. Um, what is ODD? Um, OD, ODD is attention deficit disorder. Um, um, and a lot of it, a lot of it is defiant. Um, having no um remorse for their actions. Um, very vindictive. Um, so. When you're when you have a child like that, you cannot make demands. You cannot engage in power struggles. Like yeah. it's gonna get you absolutely nowhere at all. Um, but then we have I have I've seen uh, my clients that have grown up in single parent households and mm-hmm. they have the other parent has um uh, partners in and out of the home, they're not consistent. They're not giving the child attention like they're giving these partners attention. Um, and so it's just, it, they don't, they don't understand how that affects the child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start exhibiting these behaviors and the, the school is like, you know, what's going on? Like they start this, they, you know, what's going on? And then I'm even, like I said, I've been in the school as well. And mm-hmm. to hear the school side of it, they're like, oh, well, so and so just got, um, so and so just moved in, or mom just got a new boyfriend, and mm-hmm. this has been going on then. So like the, it's not like the, and the schools don't have the whole story, but they know the just of it because you know what I'm saying. Like kids talk. Kids, kids got such big mouths. Yeah, kids talk. all your at home business. Okay, talk. Kids being the street, not telling your yeah, it's true. It's so true. I learned that when I used to work with kids. I was like, y'all be in here telling me all your mommy and daddy's business with Jesus. <laughs> like, kids will. And they sound like they're trying, like, they just don't have that filter yet. And they're still in a phase yeah. where, like, honesty isn't negative. So they're like, my mommy was yeah, on Your kid already told me what's really going on. So, yeah, I know. The four year old blurted it out. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting being in the home. You're just seeing things um, from a different perspective. And a lot of parents, uh, like I had one client that um, (laughs) they're, it's like a generation generation thing. So, they're actually. 
be this parent is actually raising her her child's children. And so it's it's just complete generational things that it's just trauma. And so you can tell like when you can when you sit down and have a conversation with them and you just you just know like depression is there, severe depression, but they don't want to acknowledge it. They just want to keep like pushing and just put it on the back burner. Yeah. And that's not that's not healthy. That's not healthy. So my my goal is I really want to bring awareness to our community, the black community, because yeah. it's affecting us so much, especially in the school. Um, more mental health in the school is coming is becoming more frequent. Like it's huge now. And our teachers are only so prepared to handle it. Yeah. Um, and the, the school system, are, they're not really understanding. Um, and they're somewhat not, they're somewhat, they're somewhat resistant to wanting to um, get teachers more trained, yeah. like, for trauma-informed care because teachers don't know what to look look for when it comes to um, trauma in children. Yeah. Uh, they think it's just behavior. They think it's just them being bad. Yeah. yeah. They're not, like, schools aren't historically set up to deal with black children and, like, it's set up to take black children with just issues, like, just regular issues, and, like, it's set up to, like, criminalize them and, like, demonize them, when really it's, like, no, this kid needs, like, love, attention, that, like, a solid foundation, stability, like, but it's, it's, it's very, it's definitely, um, something I've, like, read about a lot on and definitely, like, seen it's just how it's not, and even, like, black people in school systems, like, it's because it's a system thing of how the system was set up to take, like, perceived bad black children and be like, okay, great, you're bad, like, we're going to push you into the juvenile justice system. We're going to push you into, like, like you're just bad. You know what I mean? Like, suspension is, like, it's done. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, or even, like, expulsion. Like, I've heard of people getting expelled from school when they were, like, pre-K. Like, how, how, do, how do you, how do you, how, how, how? Yes. Yes. This, children doesn't, this yes. child doesn't even have emotional control yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. it doesn't make sense. And so I think that's, um, because the schools aren't set up for it, like, it's kind of something that was so interesting to me about when you mentioned what you did is because, like, I don't, like, where do kids get that support? I mean, we have school counselors, which helps. Um, but, you know, particularly for kids who really are growing up in a traumatic situation and, like, which really can look like anything, um, which is, I think, another thing that's so interesting about it is that things can appear great, and, like, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean behind closed doors that kid's not going through some, like, shit, you know? And I think that we often forget that, as that like, kids are a reflection of the home. Like, they're not... Right. They, they're literally just that's, a mirror. That's- that's absolutely true. And my thing is I um I'm I'm so grateful that I've been able to get the outpatient experience because right now I'm actually finishing my um I'm in my last year of my masters um to get to be um a school counselor. Yeah. So I get to also see the school's perspective of it and um which I've already had because I used to, you know, I've been a substitute teacher, I've worked in the school setting as a mental health um therapeutic counselor, and now I'm in the outpatient setting, so I've seen everything. Um and I get people people always ask me, Oh well, I bet you weren't expecting that today. I'm like, at this point nothing, nothing I'm like nothing shocks me because I've seen just about everything in terms of mental health and you have to have that type of skin when you're in the mental health field um now when I first started out it was like I experienced burnout because I would take my job home with me and because we get so um um I was just so overwhelmed with what I was dealing like in terms of at work and you know yeah. that I'm working with just wanting to take their pain away and I had to you know I had to um understand I needed to take care of myself in order to do my job properly in order to help them. So, um, but it's, uh, it's, I love 
I wouldn't trade it for the world. And as a school counselor, as a teacher school counselor, um, I'm looking forward to um, advocating for the students inside the school because it's needed. It's yeah. needed. And with my experience knowing what, you know, seeing how things can operate at home and knowing behaviors, I can bring that into the school. Right. And my, my experience and just my professional knowledge, and I'm able to I identify more and just um, advocate for the students. So. Um, this, that's awesome. Um, okay, I did want to, um, I, I wanted to touch on um, your work with women empowerment, how you said, like, like vulnerable women, and kind of just um, touch on that, because I think a lot of times, especially, like, it, it really goes with your work with kids, because um, a mom's mental health is so important to, like, that child's well-being. Um, yes, and development, you know, and how one thing I'll say, like, from my, even my personal experiences, like, growing up, like, I was deeply affected negatively by the situation between my parents and my household, and I was definitely negatively impacted by my mom's mental health when I was a kid, um, and particularly like a teenager. And, you know, now that I'm an adult and me and her can kind of discuss things on a more level playing field, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, I have, we're, we're close to everyone, you know, I have a lot of understanding that like, I have a lot of understanding for just the, the, the simple fact that like there was a lot of times my mom was trying her best. Yes, that's mentally that's like was mentally like she's a person really just struggling to like try her best, but she's also like not taking care of herself mentally, so she's not there, you know. And even my dad too. And um, I think it's you know I had told I I remember telling my mom I think this was probably when I was like eighteen or seventeen or something that like all I really wanted for her was for her to like take care of herself. I was like, that's really, like, would be my biggest wish is if you would, like, take time for your own mental health. Um, because it was it, it was such a, like, her mental health being off severely impacts mine being off. And um, I just want to know, like, what, what do you say to women who are, you know, particularly moms who are, like, struggling with their mental health, whether it be single moms who are, like, struggling with mental health and balancing dating and momming and providing and all these things, or whether it just be, you know, women who are in these toxic relationships and they feel trapped, um, whether it be because of a child or not, like, what would you, what do you say to people, um, one, when they're, like, in these situations and they don't real, like, because I think when you're in, I've, I've been in my fair share of abusive relationships and, like, I, I just, when you're in it, you don't always realize it. It's like this aha moment of like, oh shit, I'm being abused. Like, whoa, because you're like you're normal. It's your normal until you get that, like you said, that aha moment. And I was one of like, I was that person. I was that person. Like, um, and it wasn't until I got pregnant with my son that I had my aha moment because I'm like, I'm bringing a whole other human being into this world and it's not only about me anymore like it's about this other human this innocent child that i'm bringing into the world so it's right. either it's either i'm going to do this for us both or i'm just going to stay here and i'm going to make both of us suffer and yeah. i know the other the latter option wasn't just it wasn't it it wasn't an option again being in this field I've been able to gain so much knowledge, and I just knew, I knew I, I couldn't raise a child in that type of environment, and they weren't going to repeat the same patterns, because the likelihood of that not happening was very low. Yeah. Um. So I needed to remove myself, and the, the, the biggest thing is, no matter how much you talk to a person and encourage them and tell them that they need to go, if they're not ready, they have to be late. That's very real. That's very, um, that's so I remember when I was, I remember a phone call with my best friend once 
that was literally like, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this one time only, but like, you're in an abusive relationship and like, you need to get out of this. And, um, you know, and I, and I remember that. So like, it really, it was like her one time of saying it, you know, and my other best friend, I had been very quiet about it. And, you know, when I was telling her like what was going on, she was like, oh, this is abusive. Like, you can't be here. Like, why, like, why didn't you say anything, you know? And I think it's crazy. I think a lot of times we feel this like part of being ready comes with, um, there's this like pressure that of like, like fear, you know, like, yeah, you're in a toxic situation, especially also fear because when you're in a toxic or abusive situation, you takes two to tango. You've also played a part here somehow. You've like you've accepted this, you've fed into it. So like, you know what I mean? There's some. It's, it's like this. It's 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 really shaking to like realize. Okay, shit. This is where I'm at, and like I gotta get out of here. But also like I'm part of why I'm here. And why things are the way they are in my life. And um, I, I really resonate with how you're saying, you know, your son, when you got pregnant. Because when I got pregnant with my son, like, I really think my son, like, my son being born saved my life. Like, I really genuinely feel like he saved my life because having him was what forced me to break my toxic dating cycle. Like, because it became a thing of like, oh my God, like, I don't want his life being affected by this. You know what I mean? By right. my choices. Yeah. And um, it forced me to like, he really forced me and even like just his presence in my life till this day forces me to really think twice. You know what I mean? Like, because also yeah. when you're in a relationship, like, yeah, and toxic relationships, you pick up you pick up some traits that kind of through survival, right? So, like, yep. you also end up doing some shit that's not kosher. Because you've had to do that, like, to literally survive. You've literally had to, like, be in that mindset. When you're in a mindset of war all the time, like, messes your head up, you know? And so I definitely think that's, that's a big thing because I was – I wasn't, like, ready to break my toxic cycle until I was really ready to break my toxic cycle. Like, but it also took it getting really bad. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, whoa, like, this can't be my life or my son's life. No. And it, I'm not in, it's not going to be easy. It's going to hurt like hell because I was with my son's father um, since high school for nine years and yeah. it was it hurt it. It hurt it so bad because I always knew like we were always gonna be together. Like, you know, right that I had but we we I, we never really dated either. It was like full force on we're together, like this is what you know. So we never yeah. really dated That's how they happened. Where um, it was no sex involved where we just would like, we talked about things we wanted, but we only, it felt like we went in deep. But I guess we didn't really go as deep as we thought we did because when we had a son, things that, certain things that um, we thought we talked about, we really hadn't talked about. Um, right. Children change things, but not only that, but the biggest thing is just certain people, you know, I, I Try to, and this this is where this self reflection has came into um, that I've been able to do. Um, I realized that I was trying to save him from the hurt that he had experienced. Yeah. And I realized that that wasn't for me to do. Like, and um, and I didn't then. I didn't know that that was that's what I was trying to do. I was just trying to show that I cared, but. I was trying to save him, and I can't, you know, that's not my job. I can't save him, especially if he doesn't want to acknowledge the pain that he's going to win for. That's for him. I can't do that. Um, And so, again, all this comes into, all this comes with being self-aware, like having the time to Mm -hmm. do that deal and process what happened. Um, because when we don't do that, when we jump right into another relationship, we don't get to process what happened in the other relationship. Uh-huh. So um, this alone time that I've had, it's been amazing. It's been really amazing. 
Um, and it does get like, sometimes it get like, oh my God, like, you know, um, I don't have a life. <laughs> you know, mom, for whatnot. Yeah. At first, when, you know, when you, um, cause I had to move back in with my mom, and that was like, I felt like I was like, it was just like, I don't know, like I was useless. I'm like, I have to move back in with my mom, like my mother started all over. And then I realized, Lisa, like, you know, like snap out of it. Yes, you have to move back in with your mom. But you learned a huge lesson out of it this whole day, didn't you? Um, you're able to process what happened, what what mistakes you made, what was, you know, what the red flags were that you ignored. Uh, you ignored. That way, when you go, when you start to date again, you don't look over these things. You're healing right. yourself. So when you go back out there, you're able to do it the right way now. So, um, and you're able to um, just love yourself first. Because I'm learning to love myself first before I try to love anybody else. Because I can't love anybody else without loving me first. Yeah. It's a of getting to know myself because in that relationship, I lost myself. I lost myself. Mm. I just enjoy knowing I, it fell off. Um, when I left the relationship, it was just like, who am I? Like, yeah. yeah. What do I want to do? Codependency is so dangerous in that way. I think that's um, something I've definitely, like, in my recovery journey, just kind of really like pinpointed as like um when I had to sit and look at like okay why are abusive toxic chaotic relationships a pattern in my life like why do they always exist in my life whether it was from my parents crazy toxic marriage to my own situation it was always um it was just always a part of my life and I had when I when I had to look at like okay well hold on like why is this a part of it um, I, 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 it's because I had an issue with codependency. Um, and it's like when you're codependent, you, like you said, you need that like time to reflect. You need even in any relationship, like in a friendship or a partnership, whatever, like if in a healthy one, you need time away from each other so that you can be yourself. I mean, you should be being yourself with them, but like you need that separate time. You need to have your own individual life and like space, right? And I think codependency, what happens is like we get so caught up in this world we create with each other that it's like we, you don't even live in reality anymore. Like, you live in this fictitious world you guys have created in your head where it's like Bonnie and Clyde and Dolly the world. And um, it's like you, 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 it takes, that's where it takes people hard to get to their aha moment because it's like when you don't have a moment alone, it's hard to see what's going on. Somebody described it to me once as, um, he said it's like being in a whirlwind. But because you're in the middle of it, you can't tell what's happening around you. Everything's spinning so fast. He's like, yeah. but everybody from the outside looking in sees that it's a giant tornado destroying everything in its path. But you don't because you're in the middle of it. And I was like, wow, that's, I was like, that is, that was really a great way, in my opinion, of describing it because um, without a moment alone, like, you'll never really get your, like, oh, like, I remember my real aha moment was when I was pregnant, and, like, there was a huge episode of just, like, verbal lashing out and abuse, and I got to my desk at work, and, like, it was slow for the first time in, like, a month. And I had, like, a, it was, like, but it was also the first time I had, like, a moment. And then I literally was just, like, I think I'm in an abusive relationship. Because, like, I'm, like, seven months pregnant. I don't think yeah. this is okay or normal. You know what I mean? That, like, <laughs> right. like, that this is what I'm experiencing. And then I was, like, well, I don't have work right now. Let me just Google. And, like, it started with this Google search of, like, oh, shit, like, what are the signs that you're in an abusive relationship? And I was like, oh, yeah, I experienced all this. It's like, yeah, what are things that happen in abusive relationships? I'm like, oh, no, all that happens in my relationship. 
like, you know, and, um, but I, I, but I definitely do realize that, like, the moment, now that I'm, like, I feel like I've broken my dating toxic, my toxic dating cycle, although I will say, like, I'm still a person on my journey of healing. I'm definitely not perfect. I definitely still have, like, my own habits that I have to work through. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like it's definitely something now that I'm so conscious of, almost to the point of, like, a little fearful of becoming codependent that I'm, like, I agree. I'm so like, I like, I have to maintain my independence because if I don't maintain my independence, it's like one of us will start resenting the other, not because the other actually did anything, just because we became codependent and like we've now lost ourselves. And so naturally we're going to resent the person that's there that we feel like that happened with. But it's really like, is it really the other person's fault that we gave up so much of ourselves, you know? Um, because we do have control over how much we're giving up. And um, I definitely think how you, you know, said earlier with the kids about growing up in these homes and then continuing these cycles and it becoming generational trauma, I think that was, that's so spot on. I can definitely, I know you had mentioned about your relationship when you um, were younger with your mother. I can um, relate to that because that was the same thing with my mother. Um, my grandmother actually raised me, so um, I had who my mom was. Um, I later, I think I moved with my mom when I was about in fourth grade. And so um, I later on um, saw that well, as I got older and I came into the field, I realized that she was going through depression herself. Mm-hmm. So some was never, not my grandmother herself went through depression, but it was never acknowledged back then. Like, it yeah. was just, you know, I'm feeling down or I just sit in it. And that's what it is, you know, and they they didn't realize how um, it affected us. My grandmother didn't realize how it affected my mom. My mom didn't realize how it affected yeah. me. And so even if like, it's acknowledged, it's not always, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but if it's, um, okay. even if it's acknowledged, it's like in black families, there's this thing of like, we don't talk about that. We don't show that, that weakness. You know what I mean? And um, I definitely feel like, I mean, like, I mean, my mom was always a great mom, but, like, we were at war a lot during my teenage years, which I know is normal for mothers and daughters, but looking back on it, a lot of it was that she was going through some heavy shit and was trying to be, like, it's okay, I'm okay, you know? That's that's it. And, like, that made me kind of internalize that, like, okay, well, when I go through heavy shit, like, I got to be, like, I'm okay, it's okay, you know? Um, And, you know, really something that was so healing in our relationship was, like, her opening up and being more vulnerable, you know what I mean? Like, it allowed me to be like, oh, this is, I can be more vulnerable, too, like, in our relationship and in just my life. Um, But I definitely think it's, like, in black families, we have an issue with, like, not talking about mental health openly. That creates this, like, huge, like, it's this big secret, you know? And it's, like, it's not. Like, we're all humans with brains, and, like, therefore we all have mental health. Like, we we will all probably go through some level of mental health issue during our life. So just, like, you get sick and catch a cold. So so it's, 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 you're so spot on how it's like it's but nobody notices how it affects generation through generation when we like don't acknowledge or just don't speak on it but it's there yeah yeah it's absolutely there and I've been that person in my family where I've been I bought a lot of awareness in terms of mental health to my family yeah Uh, like a lot like certain things that go on I'd be like that's not normal um that needs to change like you know and like they're more like open to hearing it now because they yeah. know like I'm I'm like passionate about this. Like I'm this is this is this is my career. Like this is what it is. Like it's certain things that they're um they they may look at me like I'm crazy and I'm like, Oh well, if you don't agree, you don't have to agree but it's like my, my choice of parenting, how I parent. Yeah. Like, um I don't like use any type of um 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 be like I don't I don't I don't need my son. I'm not I don't play on beating. Like, um why do why do I need to? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you know, 
actually one. He's about to be two. Like, like literally, like sometimes. No, I'm not no perfect parent. I'm far from being a parent. This time, where I just tapped him, and I had to step back, and I had to like evaluate like why I tapped him. Like, and usually nine times out of ten, it's because I done did it out of frustration. Right. Why am I? It's either I'm irritable. I didn't get any sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Or some, I had a long day at work, and I have other work that I need to do. Like, it's just, we, and the easy thing to do would be to tap him. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing with bees. Like, I've had this conversation so many times before. That's the easy thing to do. The hard thing to do is to sit down and have the conversation yeah. over and over again. And at the age that he's is, you're going to, you know, it's going to be repetitive. You're going to have to constantly redirect, and it gets tiring. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. 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 But he's getting it now. When I started this, it was Mm -hmm. oh my God. This is gonna work. He's Mm -hmm. getting it. Yeah. He understands. It's amazing when you force kids to understand what they end up understanding. Like I I think people will be people assume like oh they they won't get it. Like did you try? Because they're actually really like these super sponges of smartness that they will repeat it four times. They're probably going to get it. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, and when I was, um, like I said, growing up with my mom, like in her own depression, see, I was emotionally and verbally abused and in my relationship with my son's dad. Mm-hmm. It was emotionally. Emotionally and um, verbally, at so patterns right there. Like mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what we have to start looking at um, the childhood patterns because nine times out of ten, that's what we gravitate towards because we're so used to it. Yeah, it's. I remember in a therapy session once, my therapist like breaking me down basically, and like she and I love my therapist so much, but she was um. She basically was like, you, like, even when there's no chaos, you create chaos. Like, because that's what you gravitate towards in relationships. Like, you gravitate towards chaotic men in chaotic situations because that's what you're comfortable in. And she was right. That's what I feel safe navigating. Like, Mm -hmm. it's scarier for me now that I'm like in a relationship and trying to make sure it's cultivated a healthy environment and whatever, like that's more scary for me than like going and dealing with somebody who I know will abuse me because I know how to navigate somebody who I know will abuse me. I know how to navigate a a, a relationship. I've seen the navigation of a relationship that is toxic. I've navigated a relationship that is toxic. So I know how to play that game and dance that dance, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't really know how to, like, the healthy shit is a learning. Like, first I had to break it. Now I'm like, oh, I got to learn. I really got to learn. Like, because I just don't know. The situation will arise where it's like my instinct, like what I want to revert to is, Toxic, or even not even what I want to revert to. Sometimes I'll even like notice that it's like when I get scared in my relationship, like what I feel will make me safe in that moment is like toxic traits from niggas that I know is toxic niggas. You know what I mean? But it's like, but it's like, but I know, but like, I know what to expect with him. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to navigate that area. So it's like, when I get scared, it's like my mind is like, okay, well, like, maybe we jump ship and, like, we settle because if we jump ship and we settle, at least that's not scary because we know how to do that. Like, right, you know, and, it's, and it really has been, when I say my son saved my life, like, it's that he's always kind of there as my reminder that, like, you know, you can't. Like, you have to push through with working through whatever is in your mind. Um, and, like, it's 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 definitely a pattern, but until you realize it's a pattern, like, you can't break it, you know? Um, no. It's, it's just, and another thing is what I've noticed, well, in terms of um, women that I've worked with or that have, like, reached out to me is they know it. Usually they know. Like, yeah. like some, they know because I knew. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it, I wasn't ready. And they, you know, you go and you talk about it in circles over and over and over and over again with your friends or whatnot. But, and so I said, until you're ready, 
you're not going to do anything. You know it's fair. Yeah. You know. Um, that's so true. <laughs> like I said, when the women reach out to me and say, you know, I, well, I listen to them because that's how I get insight of, you know, because um, I'm I, uh, being a counselor, um, active listening is huge because sometimes, when I do sometimes, most of the time, they answer their own questions. Yes. So it's just a part of just listening and allowing them to talk and allow them to listen to themselves and come to that, the answer that they, you know, they want, they need, and really they have it. They just need to hear themselves say it. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so that, I love how you said that. That's, yeah. That's very, yeah, that's very, like, to hear themselves actually speak that truth holds a very different weight than hearing your mom or your friend or your sibling or somebody speak it to you. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not, you got, you got to hear yourself say, I mean, I can tell them all day, like, oh, this is some toxic relationship, like, this isn't going to get anywhere, like, you got to remove yourself. I can say it over and over and over again, but they have to say it. Yeah. Like I said, they usually know. Like, they usually know. And just having a talk and just, you know, me listening and me saying, like, little, little things, but not, like, a lot. And Mm. they're able to, you know, make that, that make that, they're able to acknowledge that. And the first step in healing is acknowledgement. Like, you have to acknowledge it. That's so true, because how do you tend to a wound that you won't even acknowledge is there? Like... You have to, yes. I I wanted to know, like, what are some tools or resources for people who um, might find themselves in a situation, even if it's not abusive, it's just, you know, toxic and they feel stuck and, like, they can't get out and they feel trapped, Um, you know, especially if there's things like apartment leases and whatnot involved. Like, how, what are some tools and resources for people going through those things if they are kind of getting towards their aha moment, but they just kind of now need a little support? So I always say, like, reach out to a professional, mental health professional, a therapist. Um, There's nothing wrong with having a therapist. Um, I've had clients that didn't even know that their their health is like they have health insurance in their job that covers mental health. They yeah. didn't know. They had no clue. And so now they're set up with, you know, seeing a therapist. They're it's covered by their um health insurance to their job. And so there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist. Nothing at all. And sometimes you need to see a therapist. You need the unbiased opinion. Um instead of going to family and friends, because family and friends are going to tell you what you want to hear. They're not going to give it to you for real. And also, they can be toxic, too, sometimes. That's another thing I've really... Um, family and friends, if they are also toxic people or are also in toxic relationships where that's been their whole life experience, where that's all they've ever seen and dealt with, a lot of times they can also be the same people who, like, you don't want to talk to you, you know what I mean? Because they, because I've heard many stories of people, of women in um, situations that are, are that are less than stellar, and men too, and and because men definitely end up in some abusive, toxic situations as well, and like it's so normalized for their families that it's like, oh, that's just how men are, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. just have to deal with that. Like, look, yeah, that's, that's just really like. Okay. Like, oh, you're overreacting. No, like, yeah, overreacting. Yeah. Your feelings that you're are your feelings. No one can tell you you're overreacting. Yeah. You know, that's so true. Yeah, your feelings are always valid. You're, I always used to say when I worked with kids that um, your feelings are always valid. Like, no one can invalidate your feelings. What isn't okay and valid is for you to then, like, go hurting other people based off of your feelings like we have to find a a constructive way and this is something I tell myself all the time you know what I mean like it's valid that you feel enraged but like you cannot right you cannot do something crazy shit because you're feeling enraged you know and um 
it's, but it's, it's, it's to make that is, is so important or to understand that's so important because like a lot of, because a lot of, I think why people stay in those situations is because they don't feel valid. Like you, when you, at least in my experience, like a lot of the healing I had to do and I'm still actively doing after just toxic, abusive relationships is that like, I don't always trust my own feelings. Sometimes I'll feel something and I'll invalidate it before anybody else can because I've been trained mentally to do that. Right. So it's like I'll feel insecure and rather than addressing it in a constructive manner, in my head, I automatically go to like, you're just crazy and like, you know, like this is just, this is like just complete like invalidating myself. And I have to literally sit there and be like sometimes, like I have to pull myself back of like, okay, no, like, what you're feeling is valid. We just have to figure out, like, where it's coming from, why it's showing up, and, like, how to there deal with it. There you go. Um, yep. Because if not, like, it's, it becomes so conflicting where it's literally, like, you're in your head, like, I feel this way, but I'm telling myself I am not allowed to feel this way. So I can't process through this emotion that I'm having because I'm not even allowing the emotion to really exist. You got to allow yourself to feel those emotions. And I've met so many women that say, Oh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Like, mm. there's nothing wrong with you. Like, no. Yeah, no, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. You only play this person so long. Like, you keep, you know, saying you're good and you know you're not good. I, I mean, I know you're not good. You can right. do it all day. Right. But not, you're, you're, it's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel those emotions. Like, you're human. You're a whole human being. Yeah. And it's okay to, and, and in, in, in relationships, whether it be friendships or uh, romantic relationships, it's, you should feel safe to voice, like, people always say that, like, insecurity is like, you know, like, we don't want insecurity in a relationship, you know what I mean? The truth is, every person has their own insecurities and comes with insecurities, right? Like, the issue isn't that they exist, the issue is how they're dealt with and voiced. Like, but you should feel like you should be cultivating safe spaces for yourself and the people around you where, um, you know, the, you can you can openly talk about these things without being persecuted or judged. And I think that, like, especially for black women, um, we so often get persecuted and judged by society for how we feel. We're painted as the angry black woman, crazy, bitter baby mom. Like we're painted as all these negative stereotypes in society that we're like, it's, it's, like it's hard for us almost to be vulnerable in our relationships because it's like, at least I know for myself, like, you know, I, like, I'm so terrified of being misrepresented because of that statement. Um, and so it, like, makes you just kind of hold on to things and just be like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Like, I got this. You know, I can, I can do it all. I can, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, truth be told, like, you can't. And, um, you're not superwoman. You're not Wonder Woman. And like, you have to also, also, like you, sh- and you should want to be in a space where you where you can say that you can't. You know what I mean? And I think for black people in general, for black both black men and women, like a challenge we definitely face in the community is um, dealing with learning about mental health and dealing with it within ourselves, so that we can create those safe spaces for each other. Because I think black men and black women struggle on creating those spaces for each other, um, where we can. Yeah be a hundred percent like emotionally vulnerable and safe and we have to do that especially as mothers because when you know growing up I didn't I didn't I didn't have that safe space um I didn't have that um connection with my mom like I didn't have that and I I'm I'm gonna make sure that my son has that like you know it's okay to have feelings, it's okay to express your feelings. Like it doesn't mean you're soft. It doesn't mean like you're weak. It means you're human. Yeah. That's what it means. You know, I'm gonna um, instill in him and just you know make sure that he knows about you know men- mental um, mental health and mental health awareness and 
things like that because it's important in our culture. Like, it's yeah. really important. And he's, it's scary raising a boy because when I, when I first found out I was pregnant with a boy, I was just like, I was completely like, Girl. I didn't know how to feel. This is this is when the whole thing, um, the whole stuff was going on, and it still is going on today with the the police shooting, um, mm-hmm. the men and stuff. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to like, you know, like it's scary and it's terrifying. His father um, is a, is in his life, and he's a huge part of his life. And I'm just like, you know, um, I just hope that it's it's scary being a parent, especially to a boy, but yeah. making sure that he loves himself, like he, you know, he 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 knows to love himself and not go out here searching for love in all the wrong places. Like love yourself first, you know. Mom loves you, dad loves you. Like you love yourself too. Yeah, that's that's so oh that's so true and that's so important. To me, it's like important for him as a black man to really understand and see like me as a human and see my vulnerabilities so that one vulnerability is never foreign to him two that he has the language to actually process emotions because so many people we don't we're not even taught the language to explain our emotions like I literally had to learn vocabulary to learn to process yeah what does this actually mean and feel like? And, like, what word actually describes this? Because, uh, it's not a feeling. Like, uh, it's not a feeling. Like, I feel bad. Like, you know what I mean? And and it's like, so those are two important things. And then also three ideas. That's like, so good that you say that. I had a client that I always used to say, eh. And yeah. when I asked her, how was day or how she feeling? <laughs> and that was her way of communicating. Yeah. So I had to teach her that we have to use our words. And yeah. to coach her on words we use to express ourselves and different the, the thousands of emotions there are. Until this day, I will refer to the my emotional wheel if I need like if I think I'm having a hard time figuring out what I'm feeling. I will literally pull that emotional wheel out. It really is all of our duties as parents to raise kids that understand what it means to be vulnerable and be kind in vulnerability. Not mm-hmm. vulnerability that's then used against people. Not vulnerability right. that's then counted as a tally against you. And you that know? is not wrong. <laughs> and that is not wrong. And that it's not weak. And, it, and, it, and it, it's, vulnerability is really your strength, you know? Um, and so I think it's just so important to, like, raise them in that notion because then hopefully when they get older and they're dating and, you know what I mean? Like, I always think of it as, like, when I had a son, I was like, when I, when I had a son and I had to come to terms with it, I was like, God is giving me a chance to, one, not only heal, but also to, like, I'm, I now have a chance to really impact the world because I'm raising boys. I have a son. I have two younger brothers that I've been very active in raising, particularly my teenage one over the last five years of his life. Like, I, like... And, and and when I looked at it, I was like, God, why do you keep sticking me with all these boys? I want some girls. This is some bullshit. <laughs> that really how I felt. I was like, this is ridiculous. I didn't got one. This is nuts, okay? Um, but, like, when I really looked at it, I was like, I have an opportunity to impact, like, the trajectory of the world in the sense that I can raise young men who, like, are problematic as shit. Because they've seen a bunch of BS or have been taught these uh, incorrect things about love and humans and emotions and you know what I mean? Or they're just like emotionally not tapped in, you know? And so it's, it's it, from that perspective, it's been really amazing to have that opportunity to like, I have this little human who is like a sponge and I can input goodness into him that I can hope he can you know, give back to the world and even like when it comes to like things about women, like trying to explain to him what it is and like just being very open about stuff because it's like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want my son to be the cause of somebody else's baby girl's pain, like to be a hundred percent, not a huge fear of mine. Never, never. I agree. Me, same here. Yeah. I don't wish that pain on, in on, any female, any female, none, because it, it, it hurts. 
um, before we close out, I wanted to know what are three things that somebody who's healing from a relation, a toxic relationship could do to love themselves on a daily basis? Like if you had three just tips of like, if you incorporate this in your everyday, it may help. Um, affirmations. Affirmations will become your best friend. So I'm actually working on an ebook of uh affirmations, 30 day affirmation ebook that I'm hoping to have finished by the time my workshop um starts, which is on March the 21st. But what I do with affirmations is I record myself saying affirmations, and in the morning on my commute to work, I play them, oh, and wow. I hear them. As I hear myself speaking these affirmations, I repeat them back. But it does something when you're actually listening to your own voice. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's huge. I love affirmations. And it's not um, just saying it, but believing it. That's the hard part. You have to uh-huh. believe it when you're – you have to really be intentional about what you're saying um, because – Words, the things you speak out your mouth, they do come to pass. It's like having a love spell on yourself. Yes. Yeah, words, words won't power. People don't understand that. Yes, definitely affirmations. And then recently, I actually um, did a live with um, Mia Garrett, and she gave this awesome acronym. Um, what's the T? Asking yourself, what's the T? So T stands for dot. When you're going through something and you're having these dots, um, ask yourself, or is it your is it your voice that's talking, or is it your voice of the past? Is it someone else's voice talking? Um, e emotions. Sit in your emotions. Feel those emotions. Like um, going like really acknowledge what you're feeling. Um, is your palm sweating? Um, you know, are you fidgeting? Like really acknowledge those feelings that you're feeling. Um, then lastly, a what are your actions? What are you doing? What is it that you're doing? Are you yelling? Are you screaming? Um, and then what's the result? What, are the, what, is, what is that person doing? Are they yelling back at you? Did it help? Um, and record, like, I'm always about journaling. Journal these mm-hmm. things because what's happening is you just begin to see a pattern. Yeah. You're going to begin to see a pattern. Um, it don't have to be, you don't have to write it out physically every time. You can, like, just record yourself talking about how you're feeling and what happened. And over the course of, what, like, a couple of weeks, you're going to begin to see a pattern. Um, and I'm someone that I've done this stuff. Um, I have really bad stuff. And I had to start figuring out what certain things trigger my anxiety. Like, yeah. I know my, and not, I don't avoid them. I learned how to deal with them. I learned how to face face it because we don't avoid. That's something we don't do because it's, it's going to resurface again. So no matter Ooh. what we try to avoid, we're not avoiding. Yeah, um, avoidance is not in the long run. Deal with it. Right. Good tactic. And lastly, of course, is being a therapist. Seek out a therapist. So seek out someone like me that does women empowerment coaches um, that have, you know, I've I've, I've been there. I've been yeah. there. Um, my, um, like I said, I have ex- my life experience. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not going to be easy, but um, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be well worth it. Like I can tell you now, um, I left um, the relationship with my son's dad um, after he was born. I think about, I think it was like five, four or five months. And I am so much at peace. I'm so at peace with myself. And it's amazing. It's so amazing. And um, recently, like, our co-parenting relationship is wonderful. Now, it was rough. It was ugly. It was completely ugly. And I was being triggered by, um, like, I would get anxiety when he would message me. So just know that yeah, hope. There's hope, um, and it's not going to happen overnight. But your focus right now is on you because you cannot be the best mother you want to be if you do not take care of yourself because you were you before you were a mother. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I'm going to actually go and incorporate. I like, I, I do affirmations too, but I've never thought of recording my own voice for me to listen. I, see, that's how you know I'm an ego ass because I've, I've definitely thought of recording my own voice for other people to listen to, but I've never thought of doing it for myself to listen to. And that's a fabulous idea. Like that is, I'm definitely going to do that. And also what's the tea is, I think that like, that's, I really like that breakdown. It yes. makes things yes. intellectually like orderly to work through it. And I really, really love that. I know you mentioned you have an upcoming event. Um, I want to just before you, we go, if you could just tell everybody where they can find you and like whatever events you have upcoming. Um, I, guys, I really like encourage you to actually go to these events, register for these events because the one I went to was absolutely um, wonderful. It was empowering. You know, yeah. a room full of women who um, are all in this space of seeking knowledge and just all really trying to heal. There's nothing magical about when women come together in healing. Like, there's truly something magical about it. Um, and so I really just appreciate I'm so grateful that I met you, and I really appreciate you taking this time. Uh, Me too. I'm really glad you. that it's like what I said resonated with someone. Um, and for you to, like, you know, reach out to me, that was, like, really pushes me to continue doing what I'm doing because I have gotten time. It's been times where I've just been like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. really listening to me, you know. Um, but I'm really glad that you reached out to me. But my um, Instagram page is empowering underscore women worth wealth. That's the Instagram page. Now, my Facebook business is at Black Women Self Love. And it's at BLK Women Self Love. Um, it's not black fully written out. Okay. Uh, and my work is on March the 21st from 12 to 4, and it's in the DMV. Oh, Katie and Salt Island. Um, the link to register for my event is actually in my Instagram bio. Perfect. And it's going to be, you guys don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Like, I'm so super excited. It's called Love Thyself and Self Love and Stuff. So, um, you can't pour from an empty cup. Like, it's going to be a great event. I can't wait. Oh, that's going to be awesome. That's, uh, wait, I might try to make it to that because that sounds great. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And please continue doing the work you're doing because you're doing fabulous. And I just think it's so important, like, the more of us who enter into this space and who talk about these topics and share our experiences, um, my hope is that, it'll inspire the next person, you know, and, and then maybe somebody listening to this will be like, Hey, I've been through some of these things or, you know what I mean? And like, okay, wait, maybe now I'm ready, you know? So, um, thank you so much just for everything you do. Uh, and yeah, I just really appreciate it. And thank you for sitting down with me today. Um, thanks for inviting me. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. I really hope that you guys found this um, uh, empowering and that you enjoyed this conversation. Please, you know, as always, feel free to, like, give me your feedback because I love talking to y'all. I'll be lonely sometimes and y'all my friends. And, um, yeah, so let me know what you think. Comment, rate, subscribe, as always. Um, the Patreon account does have new content on it, so if you haven't already, go ahead and join that. Um, I have some wonderful things on there for you guys. Um, and thank you for coming to life from the backseat. Everybody have a great day.